This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Inform D aiming for Hibs High. Beaten by Bairns, but United ain't blubbing. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. Podcasting alongside me today are Alan Temple. Hello. George Cran back in the studio. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And before we get underway uh, today, I should remind everybody out there that as, as well as downloading this on your Peapod or whatever they call it, you can watch us on YouTube, which incidentally... 75% of my, the correspondence I received down the years started with the words YouTube. <laughs> Some of that was from me. <laughs> well, yes, a lot of it. And 90% of that 75% was internal correspondence from the former sports editor opposite me. Anyway, on with the programme. Dundee. Mm-hmm. Had to wait when they didn't want to because of this international break thing that Everybody seemed to have qualified apart from Italy anyway, so it was all a bit immaterial. But back in it against Hibs on Saturday, we'll be hoping for a similar performance to St Martin, George. So I'm going to predict, a, say I'll take a draw. <laughs> well, they are worked getting, against the buddies. Yeah, they are getting used to recovering from these international breaks because we seem to come along every couple of, two or three weeks at the moment. Yeah. But this is the last one, thankfully, into the... Final stretch before then the, the winter break in uh, yes. January, uh, but there's eight, eight games to go before then. Um, but and Dundee uh, will have qualified by Europe <laughs> after that we'll period. See. We'll see. I mean, league table is looking very good at the moment. It's still quite tight though. St. Johnston actually finding out how to win football matches is tightening things right up. So I, I'm not counting any chickens yet, but they are in a good run of form, um, even with. That break, you'd think it's not the worst thing in the world. On the back of a 4-0 victory, you get to enjoy that for a couple of weeks and everyone gets to look at the league table for a couple of weeks and sitting in fifth and that just kind of fosters that feel-good factor. And The trick is to keep that going and not getting ahead of yourself and thinking you're in fifth and that means that you're going to stay in that position, you're going to be winning every week. But... The way they're going about things, not conceding goals, that's five clean sheets in the last six, which is remarkable. I can't remember a Dundee team ever doing that. Remarkable for a promoted team. In my, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, um, and that's the bedrock that's obviously set them up for the good start. you, you got to fancy they can keep that going. Uh, they drew, obviously, nil nil with Hibs. That kind of kicked off that run of clean sheets. Uh, Easter Road, it was a bit of a backs-to-the-wall performance, but you think they've probably grown since then. But they did miss a late great chance yeah, on Beck could, in that game at Easter Road. And, and Hibs Bear are a team that it's hard one to predict because mm-hmm. you always get the impression with Hibs they could they could beat you by a couple or they could lose to yeah. you by a couple. They, they give you opportunities, don't they? That's what sort of Hibs team's going to turn up on the day, yeah. I think. But Hibs, I was really impressed with them when Dundee played them that day. I mean, it, it was... It was as tough a game as Dundee, outside the old firm, it's as tough a game as Dundee have had in, in terms of, you know, having to defend really for long, long periods when, when Hibs had, had possession of the ball and they moved the ball really well and really quickly. But but typically, Hibs haven't really 
going on to I, I expected more from Hibs more points from Hibs and, mm-hmm. and even you know they got to the semi-final of the League Cup and I, th- I, I quite fancied Hibs to beat Aberdeen that day but they didn't and so there's something still I think in Hibs makeup, even with the new manager in there they can't seem to take it on they've got some really exciting players Ellie Johan springs to mind and you know Martin Boyle when he's playing lightning lightning quick um, but no it's another opportunity for for Dundee to go and get get points on the board I mean um you know, it's another home game. What I would say is, it's the last of a run of home games, uh, or a significantly stretch of home games. Where, yeah. and they've, but they've done really well, and mm-hmm. they've, they've picked up points. But then now, after after Saturday, they go into a stretch of tough away games, which includes a game at Ibrox as well. So it'd be good to get certainly more points on, on the board in this one. But yeah, George is right. I think when you go into international break, the last thing you want to be doing is going on the back of a defeat and a poor run. Dundee have gone into the back of it on, on, a, on a good run. So... Yeah, things will be quite chipper at Dens at the moment and hopefully they've, they've got a couple of injured players back for, mm. for the weekend as well. On the topic of Hibs there, they've conceded 20 goals yeah. in 13 league games, mm. so it's quite clear where yeah. their inconsistencies come mm-hmm. from. And um, likewise, it's quite clear that they're a better team going forward than they are defending. So I was, I was going to ask you, Alan, because you've seen a lot more of Hibs down the mm. years than we have. And they're almost the Spurs of Scottish football. Pre-Posta Coglu Spurs, that is in that... Well, Everyone likes watching them, and mm. very often, certainly the bigger teams, yeah, like playing against uh, them because uh, you get opportunities. I'm not a huge fan of the concept of sort of club DNAs. I think every team over the years is a amalgamation of different managers and different yeah. players, and I've covered enough turgid Hibs teams in my time <laughs> to know that they're not all free flowing. It's a every football club thinks they are the ex team name way of playing yeah uh, and it's uh, it's quite often a, a myth however this version of Hibs is clearly a lot better going forward than it is defensively and that should hearten Dundee because they have shown mm. they're capable of Rangers aside um, shutting down good attacking teams and at the other end Hibs don't look good for keeping a clean sheet yeah. so there's plenty to be positive about there when you look at the makeup of the respective sides in terms of comparing Teams, I saw Scott Brown this week uh, said that Hibs, Hibs play like Man City, mm. which in terms of the, their style, I guess, they, they've not won a treble or anything like that. that was I'm, I'm, sticking that. I'm sticking with the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, Purity. I think so. But I, I think in terms of styles, I think Alan's right, it probably suits Dundee because they're quite up. Hibs, the way Nick Montgomery wants to play is to keep the ball and kill teams with possession, but Dundee are quite happy mm. to just let the other team have it in areas that don't really hurt them and then try and pounce and hit them on the break. Um, so it, it's going to be really interesting which, which still comes out on top. Um, I do often think too, I mean, the, the Man City comparison is it the whole thing, because especially away from home, I watch a lot of Man City games when they're away from home and they keep the ball for the first 25, 30 minutes and pass and pass and pass. But then they have a 10 minute period where they score a few goals yeah. where they just go bang, 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 take that, get the ball up to Haaland, yeah. let's get the ball in the box and create chances. So uh, it's dangerous if they do the whole Man City package, if you like. But poor, poor Johnny Greek and the, the journalist who wrote that has been absolutely stitched up by his headline there, hasn't he? He's, to be fair, I think the, the point. A fine got, chap, John Greek. He is, he is. He's a top man. And he's, uh, I think the, the point he got from, from Scott was mentioning. The things that Nick Montgomery kind of sought to 
to, to learn yeah. from some of uh, Pep's tactical um, alterations, which to be fair, I think every manager working is probably taking something from, hmm. from Johnny. Uh, from, from <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be yeah. fair, Johnny's done his coaching badges. Yeah. But that's, that's another story. Uh, yeah, I've probably taken something from Pep. So, um, yeah, well, I would take that one with a pinch of salt. But certainly, Nick Montgomery's teams like to play and they will leave gaps for Dundee to exploit. Yeah. And you'd fancy them to do mm. it in current form. The, the way Dundee strikers are, mm-hmm. I mean, all three of them scoring the last time they were all yeah. confident, you'd, you'd fancy, and you've got Luke McCown and Lyle Cameron's looking really good again uh, after a few injury kind of issues. That, I don't know, it feels like Dundee are set up quite nicely for this one. Yeah, and, and, I mean, no, nobody would look at this Dundee team, and it's not a criticism at all, and say they play like Man City, because, I mean, against St Myrna, it was their direct play mm-hmm. that reaped the rewards. And I often think, you've got... you've. You've got to bear in mind, as a manager, the standard of player you've got. Keep it simple, stupid. And without punting the ball or playing the ball, you know, carelessly, Dundee's success in this run has come from being quite direct. Yeah, and I think that's certainly the the game plan, that you make the most of your chances. You, you wait for your chance to... To steal the ball. Bear's going to quote Graham Taylor again in a minute. Hmm. Uh, Three seconds to score a goal. Well, that's it. I mean, they've got and they've got the kind of they've got the players to be able to do that. They've got Bakayoko up front. I was really pleased to see him get a couple of goals because I think he probably deserves to score more than he's got so far. He's he's a really good kind of. He's not quite a target man, but he, he plays that role. And then you've got Rudden. Does ton of work up there alongside them and you've got McCown does a ton of work and they're a really hard working team but they, they have a real clear idea of what they want to do um, and it's paying, paying off really well because obviously they're keeping clean sheets, keeping teams out and then they've got the ability to, to hit in the break or uh, set pieces that are kind of brought up over, over the past few weeks we've noticed how good they are at that and that's another thing that might bode well on Saturday because they, they've scored more goals than any other team from set pieces so far. I think Owen Beck's impact has, has been big. Big part of the modern game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about making the most of your chances, particularly as a, a newly promoted team. Uh, and they're certainly doing that. And bear they, they are, I mean, they, this is the classic great watch. So it'll be turgid <laughs> on Saturday. But I mean, it's a, a team that likes the, likes the ball and hips. And a team in Dundee that as their yeah. clean sheet record shows, are comfortable out of possession. Yeah, it's a strange. It's, it's set up nicely for a for a cracking game. And the strange thing is, um, normally it's the home team that will that will force the issue. But Dundee, to me, don't look like a team that are are, are you know are going to force the issue in any game. You're quite comfortable just sitting in and playing uh, the same way away from home. As, it, as they'll they force it when they get the chance. Yeah, that's the thing. That's and, what and, I like but about as as George touched on, you know, while, while they're while they're direct, they're direct with purpose. Yeah, it's yeah. not just a and that's the difference between they're Dund- not a long ball punting no, team that's the difference between this Dundee team this season and Dundee teams we've seen in the Premier League in the part when, when basically have they been under a bit of pressure when it, when it has come to someone let's just clear it and give ourselves Get a breather away from your own but have, you, have, you, have you continued to do that the ball's back on top yeah. and you don't create any chances whatsoever yeah. in games but now they've got guys like Cameron who are hovering around the edge of the Dundee box and when it comes to them it's a cute ball, a short ball, and the back of Yoko, and he's th- he's then trying to hold things up mm. for for McCowan, for the runners, for Rudden, and they get themselves up the park at pace. And if you're doing that, you you get the opposition thinking as well, Tom. 
Yeah. You know, you get them, they've always got to be on their toes. Wait a minute, mm-hmm. you know, we can't afford to push too many men forward here. Or we're going to get picked off here. And Dundee have done that to affect this season and never more so than against St Mirren in the last game. But, you know, what I would say is, you know, Dundee fans, you can't expect sort mm-hmm. of four goals every game. But, you know, I'm expecting a good game again on Saturday. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'll be interested to see if Tony Dock changes the lineup slightly. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. He has been one to throw in a, a few surprises along the way this season when you've won. Wow, he's come in from nowhere. And it's worked for him, so mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of changes in there. Could the if if the run of form continues, could the challenge as the season goes on for Dundee being that other teams will come to Dens in particular and say, Well, no, you, you want <laughs> us to come at you. Yeah. No thanks. Whereas there is always that thing in, in, in players and probably managers' mind, newly promoted team, try to try to get on top of them early, make yeah. them say mm. this is what life in the Premier League is yeah. really like. So you the you tend to be positive and in their face a bit in those early games. Yeah, I suppose that that could that'd be interesting to on both teams starting. Who's go, who's going to make the, the first <laughs> Giving each other the ball. Certainly, yeah. Yeah. It certainly does make doesn't make for good viewing normally when <laughs> when there's a couple of teams doing that. But I so you call that, it Austria West Germany. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that what you're what you're saying is a pat on the back for what Dundee have done this yeah. season. The teams might come in and actually think that way, you know, just to try and we'll get we'll try and get Dundee to come out a wee bit more. You know, that might give us a wee bit more opportunity to get in behind them, you know, even though they're the home team and maybe maybe want to sit in. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating clash. But uh, now Hubs were a good side and I thought it was a really good, a really good game Easter on. Well, I, I spoke about it and you saw the highlights and it looked like Dundee were absolutely pummeled. But I would say highlights only last 10, 15 minutes. When Dundee mm-hmm. had the ball in that game, they were very good, you know, and but Hubs did have a lot of chances, I've got to say, yeah. but... As so often has been the case this season, Dundee's central defenders played well, the goalkeepers played well, and everybody everybody else played their part. And as we saw towards the end, the almost, the almost, it would have been a smashing grab, I've got to say, the way the game had panned out. Yeah. But Owen Beck, you know, could, but, could have won the game for them. They had our yeah. chances as well. I remember yeah. Rudden had a good That's head right. in the first yeah. half. And yeah. Oh, yeah, they weren't without chances, but yeah. I do think, I mean, Hibs probably created more chances than any other team outside the old firm against yeah. Dundee. I would agree with so. that. So... Is somebody going to sort of tell with my usual ill-prepared uh, notes? Is somebody is somebody going to tell me uh, that Martin Boyle's been away around to Australia or something like <laughs> that? Because he's back at Dens, and I always wo- always worry when Dundee are playing against him because he's fast. <laughs> Twitter tells me that he's really struggling to get a tune out of his Montrose team on Football Manager at the moment. <laughs> so hopefully he's maybe feeling all a wee started, bit. Distra- of course. Um, hopefully he's feeling a wee bit distracted and, and the pressure starting to mount a wee bit. Have you, George, have you got Lee Wilkie texting him? He coached him at Montrose. Did he? Yes, he did. Yes. Very, very like. Funny, and uh, and, I mean, uh, (laughs) I I hate to praise Lee Wilkie, but uh, (laughs) he used to say to me, Dundee signed him as a striker and he scored a lot of goals as a a central striker for Montrose. And Big Wilkie always said to me, he's not a natural finisher. Yeah. And great credit to Martin Boyle for the way that his career's developed, but that's what he struggled with at Dundee. It was still, a, I thought it was a disastrous decision when they swapped him for that guy whose name I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, Alex Harris. Harris. Uh, who, who lasted yeah, was, about uh, six weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, I take, no my, offense to the boy, take my heart off to Martin Boyle and what he's done in his yeah. career because he has a guy who has learned wherever he's gone in football and he's had knocks. He had his critics at Dens. You know, I can remember him getting a fair bit of stick from fans because he was, he was, he was a lot of peace. But he was a bit of a lasher at the ball when you go into, into situations. But he's, he's found that composure as he's got older, which yeah, you'd expect has. a mature player mm-hmm. finds yeah. that composure. Mm-hmm. And he's going on to great things. He, he's gained international recognition on, on the back of that. 
Um, Always felt for him at Dens because he was sold to the fans as this boy who yeah. was going to get in the penalty box and score lots of goals. But I always thought, and often laterally in his time that he was used as sub substitute, but when, in a tight game, if Dundee were ahead, he was great where that's where you could play the mm -hmm. ball up the park into the corners because mm -hmm. his pace. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he did that very well. And just the, the fact that he had that wee bit of game intelligence in those situations, I thought they should have hung on to him. Mm -hmm. I always think with someone like that, see when you're signing a player from the lower leagues and bringing them up a, a good few steps, sometimes half the battle is getting the player to believe yeah. that they're capable of playing yeah. to that level. And there's also adjustments in terms of the fitness required to be a full-time footballer compared to part-time. I mean, George will know better, but I'd imagine Charlie Riley in terms of those mental and physical challenges is probably going through a similar thing at Dundee at the moment. And Well, he's, um, he's had injuries, which tells you his body's still kind of getting used mm -hmm. to that. Yeah, and, and I think once Martin Boyle got used to the, the demands of full-time football, but also actually believed that he merited playing top-flight football. He's never looked back since. Mm. Something Lauren Shanklin said when he joined Dundee United was when he went to Aberdeen, I think it was from Queen's, Queen's Park to Aberdeen, he said it was too big a step yeah. at yeah. that stage, at that age. He said but when he came to United, he's now I know what's required. Yeah. I've, I'm a lot more confident in my, my ability. But when, and like you say, young guys suddenly see guys that aren't sort of pulling up after... 20 yards of a 30-yard sprint and training that have gone on forever, must open their eyes and must think, well, I've got to do a bit more here. So it can be a challenge. Yeah. Statement but you've just spoken about uh, Sh Shankland and, and Martin Boyle, and, and they're great examples. That things, it, it doesn't always, when you're, you're not sort of, you know, hitting the ground running as a young player coming into full-time football, yeah. you've got to give yourself a chance. And clubs as well have got to give players a chance. Yeah. And fans have got to give players a chance. Everything doesn't happen instantly in mm -hmm. football. Boyle and Shackland are prime examples, you know, they, they, were, they had potential, but they've stuck at it and, and they've learned, wherever they've gone, they've learned to become better players and now they're both yeah. international players. Likewise, mm -hmm. different type of player, Finn Robertson. Yeah. Much, much lauded before he was even in the first team squad at Dundee, but then he had, what, at least two years where it was a struggle. Mm -hmm. Now he's doing well in the Premier League and he's made his... Under twenty one debut, which yeah. is great to see. It's great to see. It's, it's great to see these guys that actually. It's you hope everybody has a smooth rise to the yeah. top, if you like. But it's great to see guys that can deal with adversity. Mm -hmm. uh, just on Boyle, uh, he was playing in the middle, middle East for Australia on Tuesday night. Oh. So hopefully he's oh, got oh, heat in so. Oh, that's a trek. As, as, as his plane being delayed coming <laughs> in. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I know it's starting to get the bus. We, we're sitting here sweltering on a mild Thursday uh, <laughs> now that we're sheltered from the wind but then in the next couple of days the temperatures are plummeting so yeah, it might be cold there's talk of snow at the weekend what, what I would yeah. say is the notion that he was sort of uh, folded into a, a budget airline seat <laughs> or anything would be slightly archaic he'll have, have been look if we class. want to clutch at straws yeah. we'll clutch at straws uh, I, I'm sure he'll have been encouraged <laughs> to stay on the same sleeping patterns he'll have been first class yeah. and it's a it's a different world for these boys that travel yeah. across the yeah. world these days but yeah if you if you want to clutch on that then I'm, I'm sure he'll be I'm sure I'm sure jet lag and, and fatigue will be kicking in there must have been a Ryan Ryanair flight from the <laughs> Middle East that could have been on <laughs> In terms of Finn Roberts, it was really good to see him uh, get his, his under-21 de debut because obviously he got called up the, the month before and didn't get a chance to get on the pitch, but he got half an hour. And he, obviously, it was kind of uh, a show of confidence from Scott Gemmell and, and putting him on for Ben Doak uh, for the final half hour mm -hmm. in Belgium when they were 2-0 up. Mm -hmm. 
uh, stuck Lyle Cameron up front, um, which is interesting. The two of them combined really well for, in terms of getting Scotland up the pitch and keeping the ball uh, and managing to see how that win. And then Lyle Cameron again was used as a false nine on in the second game in Hungary uh, with Ben Bo Ben Doak put on, on the wing, um, which shows just how highly he's he's risen very quickly in the under twenty one setup that he's now one of the the main men I think Gemmel scored really loves him doesn't yeah. he yeah Cameron did. scored against Belgium it was a lovely goal it was really nice yeah. that's got to be great for their confidence because they're Belgium mm. obviously are uh, for years now have been rated in the top five in the world and Hungary are producing players again mm -hmm. so it must be great for their confidence to go and two successful results against yeah. countries like that two clean sheets I mean they had to defend a lot in both games uh, I was watching them on YouTube and Ben Doak missed a penalty in the eighth minute in Hungary. It could have been two absolutely brilliant results. Um, but ben, ben Doak was a fantastic player. I've got to say, just just watching him. Obviously, you would expect that. You know, yeah. the club he's a heart. Fantastic player. Um, but but Cameron showed up really well. Cameron, yeah, in the, both in the games. two games. Yeah, sure yeah, he's got. And to be fair, Lyle Cameron at this stage last season, Lyle Cameron hadn't made a huge impact at Dundee it no. was beyond Christmas mm -hmm. when he came into his own so Dundee fans will hope that now he's found his feet a wee bit in the Premier League yeah. he can go on and, and add a few goals I think he's got goals in him Lyle Cameron you, you know uh, this great, already, yeah. great runs yeah he's already he's he's really he got well, a goal against Motherwell didn't he at the, at the start, the season, start yeah. of the season mm -hmm. so yeah you know, I'm expecting a few more for, for Lyle Cameron between now and the, certainly over the, over the course mm -hmm. of the next few months. And from, from the outside looking in, the versatility looks great as well. Yeah. The fact that he can operate as a false nine, a little bit deeper, a traditional number 10, I would assume, you know, it's a, a great options for the manager to have as well. And it, it shows just his ability. He's a really clever player. And when you speak to him, he speaks very confidently, confidently as well. He's very confident in his ability, but he's shown that he's able to take on instructions and play different roles. And managers are, are kind of, confident in his ability to do that which speaks speaks loads for him um speaking to tony Doherty earlier this week and he said that scotland had also asked for josh mulligan to go along he wasn't quite fit enough after mm -hmm. his hernia he's back now uh, he's going to be available for saturday but it could have been even good. better from dundee it could have been three three dundee mm -hmm. players on that on that pitch i'm just thinking here guys about cameron tony Doherty so far this season and incredibly successfully has rotated his team uh, quite frequently. Is Lyle Cameron maybe the one that will give him the biggest problem doing that because with the confidence he can take from this and his, if his performances continue to go, he might be the one you can't leave out? Well, you, you just don't leave him out then. That's the <laughs> <laughs> um, so far, he's had a couple of injuries. Um, I think it's like a it bad a... problem, but yeah. no, 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 it's become it's... an issue for the manager that he goes, well, I, I can't really leave this kid in. For, for the other players that he can't get in the team. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. No, I, I can understand it. And I, I get the feeling that Boateng's already in that kind of category where it, 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 he doesn't want to leave him out. So then you've only got one slot in midfield and you if, if Cameron takes the other one, you've got yeah. Cowan, you can't take him out either. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's, a, headache. it's a headache, but it's a good headache. But I see what you're saying about about Cameron because he's so pivotal the way Dundee want to play now, Tom. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, you're, if you're sitting tight and looking to hit teams on the counter, you need somebody who can pass the ball cleverly, you know, from deep in areas that are going to get you up the park without losing possession. And, and Cameron's got that. I still think that there are games that 
he, he's not the biggest lad and there might be games you know you look around that pitch and if you've got McEwen if you've got Tiffany in that team you know mm. you, you suddenly start to worry about certain aspects of you know is Cameron going to be just physicality yeah the physicality tight, of the yeah, game yeah. may cost on the effect but um, Tony does for Tony Doherty to, to decide you know there, there may be times in games when he comes on and he, he goes off because Dundee are winning the game and it might be time just to no. you know de defend your lines interesting you see that just the other day a clip came up on my computer as it does with why I don't understand but it was a clip of Gordon Strachan speaking in a, a, an interview it was him and Chris Kamara and Chris Kamara was laughing he was saying you remember the time that Howard Wilkinson had a go at you at half time for pulling out a challenge and Stafford said, I do. He said, I, uh, and Chris Kamara said, go and say what you said to him. He, he, he said, I, I said, I pointed at you, Vinnie Jones and David Batty, and said, that's what they're for. <laughs> 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 I'm meant to get out of the way of the challenges. Yeah. They're meant to go and hit the boy. Yeah. And that's the thing that you can, yeah. there are enough. Is there not enough physicality in this Dundee team? You know what, team? there are similar, I mean, I can remember Gordon Strachan playing at Dens, and there are real similarities between Leo Cameron and Gordon Strachan. I, I, I think Strachan at that point was a wee bit more feisty than Cameron, is yeah. it? But Cam, yeah. you see Cameron's got a bit edged up, yeah. so that may, may come over the next few years as he gets more of a foothold in, in the team, you know, at, at Dundee. Um, but yeah, there are definitely similarities, and yeah, Leo Cameron can do far worse than look at Gordon Strachan as, as a model going forward. And he's... Got him up in the stand. Yeah, absolutely. You would you would think there must have been conversations between Strachan and Cameron. Yeah, I mean, yeah pass there was no. I mean, yeah. Strachan's there to do just exactly that, and I'm sure they'll have times when they're when they're at training, and he'll have a word about certain things, and maybe maybe even international co-ops and things. You can get mm -hmm. you can benefit from things like how he reacted when he was called up in a, for international co-ops, and you know making his way in the Dundee side as well. You know, getting a foothold in the team and. And developing as a player, so yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great man to have on board for for any young player at Dundee. And before we move across the road, we should mention what a cracking night a week ago for Cami Kerr and his testimonial. It's a, um, I mean, dense wasn't full, but three and a half thousand for a testimonial these days in a November night. Yeah, with a cost of living crisis ongoing, it was a, a great turnout for him. It was, and I mean. The there wasn't that many away fans. And I think they were hoping with the Celtic, it was the Celtic 11, but they were hoping with Celtic coming that there might be mm -hmm. more yeah. uh, away punters coming in. So, it, I mean, that shows that the Dundee fans kind of turned up and, and celebrated Cammy's 10 years at the club, which is remarkable um, already. Um, still got plenty of time in his legs yet. And it was just great seeing all the old faces, I have to say. I wasn't there, I was working last week, I, I couldn't go, but I mean, the people that were there certainly told me that it was great to see, you know, several of the stars from the Benetti era get on, the, get on the part towards the end and the fondness that they were remembered, but in testament to, to, to Cammy Kerr as well, obviously, that, you know, he's he's been a great servant to Dundee. I think if people forget that, just, you know, he's, you know, he's been a great servant, 10 years is a long time at a club and, and you know, it looks as though he's got a few more years left in him as mm. well. And, uh, I, I never write Cammy Kerr off. I know a lot of people have done in the past, but you know, Cammy Kerr has been written is, off too yeah. often to be written off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I think Cammy's got a few more years in a, a dark blue shirt mm -hmm. yet. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's one he's dropped out recently, but he's another one that it must be great for Tony Doherty to have someone like that, and there's a few of them at the end yeah. that he knows that if 
if needed, they'll come in and they'll do a job. And mm -hmm. the thing about Cami is that he's just delighted to play for Dundee, yeah. so there's no worries. I about think it's really worked well for Tony Dock this season when he when he's brought people on in general. They've, they've tended to do the job for him now. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, they obviously like understand what the manager wants from them, but they also know that if they're going to get in this Dundee team at this point in time, they've got to put a shift into them. They've got yeah. to show that they're, they're good enough. But I've, I've seen I've seen Cami Kerr coming in and, and, and then playing well and then being left out. I've seen the Hampton Finn Robinson uh, Robertson coming yeah. in and, and coming in and being left out. Wild Cameron. Yep, you've just got to you've mm. got to keep your head down and, and, and keep going. And yeah, Cami Kerr will, will play a role this season. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Is that one of the biggest challenges of modern man management is being able to leave players out and they're not banging on your door screaming, why am I left out? I played well. It's getting your message across to them. Well, it helps if you're winning games. That's the thing. If if the results are coming, then the, if the player comes and chaps on your door and says, why am I not playing? And yep. he, he just points at the league table and you've got three points added on to that. That's the end of the conversation, isn't it? Maybe the problem is if, if they get in a bad run and... Players aren't getting in, and, and if yeah, that maybe that's where it changes. But it's a really happy camp. I mean, every, every player you speak to, uh, even if they're not quite in the team, that Trevor Carson's been making that point. This yeah, week, hasn't he? I, th I think there's just a good group in terms of there's not going to be disruption in terms of that players disgruntled or whatever if they're not in the team. It doesn't feel like that type of group where that's going to have any impact because um, there's a lot of good senior pros in there. And yeah, as Trevor Carson was kind of mentioning about Adam Langston's pushing him, it, it doesn't, maybe from the outside, you can't quite see that because Trevor Carson's playing, playing every week and we haven't seen Adam Langston's for a while. But that's, I, I can very much imagine that knowing Langston's the, the kind of player he is, he, he won't let up at all in training. You, you get the, the feeling that's throughout the squad, even the guys that aren't quite getting as much game time as, as they would like, they're still pushing and trying to get in that team and that pushes on the players who are in the team that know if you don't turn up, you don't get in the team. And as to touch on something we raised last week, as well as being an excellent goalkeeper, I thought Trevor Carson help, uh, dealt with the European subject very well, saying, of course we're good enough, but can't get ahead <laughs> of ourselves. Let's just look at the next game. That's the kind of boring thing I want to hear from Dundee <laughs> players. That's a manager in the making, isn't it? Uh, One yes. game at a time. He did, he did speak very much like a, a man who will be yeah. a manager one day. And now, for the first time in a long time, the bad news. Alan, you were there. What happened to United last Friday? They were hopeless, weren't they? Yes. I mean, that's, uh, I mean that is the, there's not a great deal of uh, sugarcoating to be had. It was Friday, it was a while ago now. I think everyone's kind of, uh, they've almost got a, a week of training under their belt and I'm sure they can reflect on the game and will probably be in agreement that they were hopeless. I'm sure that's what Jim Goodwin told them during the debrief. Um, a hell of a lot went wrong and it probably started from minute one, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Falkirk pressed high, penned Dundee United in. Dundee United made a series of poor passes, gave the ball away, gave Falkirk all the encouragement they needed and honestly that was pretty much the pattern for the entire game. Falkirk were fitter, faster, hungrier, uh, better in the final third. Dundee United did not get started. Um, so It was uh, almost a blueprint of, from Falkirk's point of view, how to start a game and from mm -hmm. United's point of view, how not to start a game. Exactly and the thing that will disappoint Jim Goodwin will be the fact that United have played 
badly for periods in games this season. It's not been unheard of, but they've always recovered. They've always had enough characters on the pitch to um, dish out some rollickings, grab some collars and, and make sure they recover from that and, and bounce back. Whereas they didn't really do that at any point at the Falkirk Stadium. It's a strange one because obviously they, they went 2-1 up, having gone ah. behind. But... That wasn't indicative of any sort of it recovery. It was it was two it was one incredibly fortunate goal where the keeper basically throws it in his own net and a wee moment of magic from Tony Watt. But at, at no point did they have any control of that football match and Falkirk who um look every inch a team that will do okay in the championship yep. next season, I have to say, if they do get promoted, uh were hugely uh, deserving of their of their victory. So uh, I I mean the you're almost reluctant to focus on the six minutes that that they gave that United gave away three goals because the whole performance was mm-hmm. quite poor. But that six minute period kind of summed up the the whole game. It's you know the Falkirk equalise because Craig Sibold gives away a, a slightly lazy legged free kick on the edge of the box, hits the bar, rebounds put in, and Ross Graham falls asleep minutes later yeah. for a, a simple throw in, cut back goal, and then. Kevin Holt just, uh, I mean, if there's a player that has enough credit in <laughs> the bank to to for us to kind of yeah. wash over it, it is Kevin Holt, but it was a very uncharacteristic error. It was a defence splitting pass. It, it was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, some, it's a man who clearly has been on fine attacking form yeah. this yeah. season <laughs> because it absolutely carved open United. <laughs> and, and to be fair, Callum Morrison finishes it brilliantly yeah, it does, and... It what a game young Callum had. I remember speaking to him when he was a, a teenager at Hearts coming through and again we talk about believing you're good mm. enough. He always had pace, you know, searing pace. That's why he got fleeting chances at Hearts but uh, now there's a, there's a final ball to that, there's a delivery, there's a, an ability to finish and um, whether he sticks around and goes up with Falkirk or whether he moves elsewhere. Well, it's a bit say. of a surprise that he's still there, I have to say. I, th- yeah. I think there was, there was whispers of Dundee looking at him last year, I have mm-hmm. to say. But, um, I'm surprised he's still only uh, If you're a coach looking at him, you're thinking, if I mm. point him in the right direction and work on a couple of things, then there's a real, a real player there. But what it did show from a, a United perspective, I think, is we've discussed in this podcast that they've coped without key players. They've coped without, say, Ross Doherty. Uh, being out you bring in someone mm-hmm. else Louis Maltz out you bring in someone else what they can't cope with is losing four at the same time yeah. of their starters for example and um, it would be wrong to focus solely on the boys that came in looking to stake a claim and looking to cement a f- starting place because a lot of them weren't any worse than the the guys that have been starting mm-hmm. every week mm-hmm. um, on Friday but the the negative for them is they don't have the same credit in the bank for, for the previous performances this season and they didn't do themselves I would say um, any justice in terms of trying to show that they can um, take a jersey from someone who's been playing all season so I would expect familiar faces to come back into the side um, as soon as they're fit to do so and I would expect Molt Doherty and Gallagher Gallagher especially and Doherty will be welcome back for, for Queen of the South because they're so important and they I, I just don't think that collapse happens with them on the pitch that that six minute collapse in the second half I'm not sure that happens with those two I must imagine throughout the game I thought that this is a, in a perverse way this is a good game for Declan Gallagher because understandably and deservedly because he's been excellent too Kevin Holt's been getting a lot of plaudits uh, but I think you saw what a big player uh, Gallagher is for United. Uh, he 
I don't think that happens if it's the, mm. the Holt and Gallagher partnership that's there. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just sorry. I just, I just think that, you know, even though United played poorly <clears throat> and Jim Goodwin was professionally honest after the game and, yeah. his, and what he said, like, you know, um, about his team being poor, poor first half, poor second half. He, he basically said we didn't even deserve to be in the lead. Yeah. But even though United didn't deserve to be in the lead, I would have thought at 2-1 up with Gallagher on that part, even though they're playing poorly, yeah. to see that game out. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was, it was, I mean, a couple of things, obviously. And obviously maybe United, Doherty in front yeah, of him as yeah, well. Yeah, obviously, United make errors, but they are playing against the Falkirk side who have done fantastically well this season, and they, they went right for the jugular. They, they could see that they had the United on the back foot, and fair play to them for doing that, but like everything else, Tom, I mean, we could we could cut United a real bit of slack, and if you're going to oh, have yeah. a, 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 a defeat in any competition, I've got to say that's the competition to have, and it's now how they respond going forward. This is this is this is a question we've got to ask. Either. We've not asked them of, of them this mm-hmm. season. How, how do they respond? respond to this defeat? Yeah, I mean we're analysing the game because you know that's that's what we do. But yeah. there's no element of catastrophizing no. here. You know, no it's, it's it's the SPFL Trust Trophy before the Peterhead game. I was talking about leaving about four people in their mm-hmm. own house and not even taking them on the bus. <laughs> I, I don't have a particular regard for the competition. I wouldn't have been no um, writing uh, long reads about the cup winners had they won this no. competition. It's just. Um, it's a competition that Dundee United Football Club should not be in because they should not be in the lower leagues. So it's a competition that, when uh, I think, is defined by the, f- the times I've been there when uh, clubs like United have won it, mm-hmm. and it's a wee bit sort of awkward. The yes, absolutely. Because players are a bit like, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we're pleased to win, but we don't want to go overboard because mm-hmm. this is not this is not the arena we want to be competing mm-hmm. in. We want to be bigger than this Dundee United fans will probably struggle to name the 11 players that, that started the game when they last won the Challenge Cup and Tony Andrews scored I think it was a far park you know it's, it's not I was at that game I can't remember who to beat no I'm actually struggling Simmer. myself Simmer. I, I can't remember yeah uh, leave an angry message in the YouTube comments. <laughs> oh, yeah. We yeah. should know That's that. Terrible. But it, it kind of. Remember, proved, it was a nice day. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of proves a point, and it definitely is the most embarrassing for Tam, given he worked at. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's uh, it's not a uh, it's not comparable to you know the winning the Scottish Cup where you, you know you, no. you, your name's written in folklore. So there's no panic and uh, I mean a reluctancy blessing in disguise because fans paid good money to go through to Falkirk and yeah. they deserved a better performance than that. However. If it acts as a reset and it makes the players a little bit more wound up and, and determined to prove that that was just a blip as they head down to Palmerston Park, then it could be a, a net positive in the in the long term, and that's kind of the way they need to look at it. Because see if they if they get a half decent run in the Scottish Cup and they win this league, there is not a single person who's going to remember that night in Falkirk, and that's just the, yeah. without wanting to be disrespectful the competition. That is just a fact. It, it was the moment, by the way. Was it? Yeah. I'm quite pleased with that. I still can't. I still. Oh, it hurts itself. No. Did that just come into your head, George, or have you been oh, yeah. checking somewhere? I've checked it now. But <laughs> I, it came into my head. Yeah. I can't, even remember, I know I can't even remember what the score was. I didn't even remember Tony Andrew was playing. <laughs> no, I do. I, 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 I can't remember. Man. It was a good goal. I think. Yeah. I've, I've got a vague recollection of him drifting in from drifting in wide and then firing one. Yeah. Him, but that's about all I can remember, and it was more to do with the fact that it was a good goal rather than the well, occasion being I, particularly. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think as well it went to extra time and penalties there. If it wasn't uh, decided over ninety minutes, mm-hmm. unlike now when it goes straight to penalties, certainly in these stages. So 
It's all coming back to you. So, no. <laughs> no. Any goal that avoided extra time with penalties was a great goal in the challenge. I might, I might look up your match report to see if you gave it big licks at the time <laughs> and now you can't even remember it. Oh, I, oh I'm, sh I'm sure it was uh, one of the great triumphs in United <laughs> history. I think they enjoyed it, though. That was, it was a good day out from what I remember. Yeah, I, but so, that, that was it. And I think, I mean, I don't want to spend too long on the challenge, but yeah. I think for the competition, it's actually it's better if you if the big... If the teams who believe they should be Premier League teams are out by the final, because you then see fans really appreciating winning a trophy. Yeah. Whereas when it's the Dundies and the Uniteds, it's a bit like shrug your shoulders and let's let's go on, on the yeah. bus. Well, I was actually I was eerie rigging on uh, Tom Lang's post match with a, a couple of the national papers while I was doing my own thing, and um, that Tom Lang basically said when you're a League One club such as. Falkirk and a decent sized League One club it's a chance to actually play championship teams and yeah. say by the way I know we're struggling to get out of this division yeah, but we yeah. have the quality to down these teams on our night and that imperative isn't really there for Dundee United the Scottish Cup is potentially their opportunity to do that yeah. um, in terms of proving that they want to be in the Premiership so ah, something uh, in the bank the way it's looking it's something in the bank for Falkirk for next season Absolutely. Season it tells them they are a decent championship team, mm -hmm. which they have been for a couple of seasons. Their problem has been they've forgotten to get out of League One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it would take a having seen them firsthand. It will take a very, very, very good Hamilton team to stop them from winning that league. So yeah, um, I, I covered loads of John McGlynn's Rovers. Clever team. manager. He's a good manager. Really, really good manager. Absolutely. Unhealthy obsession with football, the man. But yeah. he, uh, it's it's all he uh, does and thinks about. Um, but it shows in his teams. It's a proper. He's a proper manager, and his teams play lovely stuff. It was. Uh, it was actually. Aside from the United duties of covering them and focusing on them, it was nice to be back watching a, a Flo and John McGlynn team again because they're a pleasure to watch at, uh, at times his sides. Aye, and he, I mean, he's had plenty of experience. I was saying to you coming up. He, He's put a team that suits the the pitch, and I, I've, I don't mm -hmm. have a problem with artificial sur uh, surfaces at all. But he knows the kind of players that thrive on those pitch, and he's got plenty of them because the the bomb about that. Yeah, surface, well, you had it at Wraith Rovers. You had a fantastic side at Wraith Rovers when when Dundee just pipped them that season as, as mm -hmm. well like after the, after the playoffs, you know. But yeah, he likes guys that can get, move the ball quickly and get over the tough over the tough over, over the <laughs> over, over the, the plastic. plastic over the plastic quickly as well. Yeah, he knows how to play on that surface, and you've got that. Use your strengths. It's your home patch. You know you've got you've got to play to your strengths. Take every advantage you've got. Get players that are suited. To it. Don't don't get players that are not suited. No. To it, yeah. I wish uh, Saturday's opponents going to the south. Yeah, well, let's. Can we? Can anyone think of a team that doesn't seem to have a squad that's suited to playing on artificial <laughs> playing football non-stop yeah. never mind what surface what's yes, happened to Queen of the South oh, yes God. because of me? course United now go to Queen of the South on Saturday in the Scottish Cup so I take it George you've not asked Alan for a swap <laughs> <laughs> no I'm okay thanks you'll, you'll have a better insight on this this is actually quite serendipitous what, what, what is happening at Queen of the South uh, too much PlayStation, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And Marvin was yeah. not a happy yeah. chap. Was yeah, he? no, he wasn't. Th I'm, I'm a wee bit surprised that, it, that he's still. I, th I thought that might be the end of him. It felt like the kind of uh, interview the manager gives when he knows. <laughs> there you go, the, George Cran, football writer. You've got to give managers time. <laughs> George Cran, <laughs> fan, <laughs> sack him, get him out. Uh, I can't remember Queen of the South being as low. A position in my entire life, I have to say. What is, um, what is that low position, George? We were in a relegation battle in League One. Oh, my goodness. Um, only four points off the bottom. 20 points behind Falkirk. Oh. 
Crikey. That's yeah, how they're... I have to say, not just their, their current malaise, from, from my frequent trips to Palmerston and to Dumfries for Queen of the South, too many, in fact, and it was usually a howling gale like it is today, going down that M74, <laughs> getting blown all over the place, but I digress. And when you go to Dumfries, when you see the setup at Queen of the South, why have they never been a Premier League team? I'm not saying they should... They could have been there, you know, for yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. three quarters of the the last thirty years. But what I think, it, it, yeah, it, it's a setup that always struck me as being big enough to be a team like Hamilton, if you like, mm-hmm. that every few seasons might get promoted, and they never do. No, I think it was the sixties was the last time we were in top flight. Well, nineteen sixty-two, maybe something like that. Um, our problem, we've been a wee bit unlucky. The best team we've had since I can remember. We finished fourth. United and Dundee signed half of them. Oh, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> we finished fourth in the, in the championship that had Rangers, Hibs, and Hearts in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we beat Rangers in one of the playoff legs. But yeah, we've been a wee bit unlucky with that. But recent years, we've I think we've really struggled uh, to recover after the, the pandemic. Obviously, we, we had top players like Stephen Dobby. We say struggled after Stephen Dobby left. Yeah, Stephen Dobby and Lyndon Dykes. We lost mm-hmm. him, of course. Both. Yeah. Uh, we got money for Lyndon Dykes, but. I haven't seemed to have spent it very well. No. We've just been down and down and down. Hopefully, Saturday might be there. Well, Alan, the bad news for the Queen of the South is there won't be any complacency in the United ranks. Exactly. Sorry, just before you go, I I think if United wanted to pick a fixture, I think this is probably it. Then again, is there it's not, okay, John. Is, <laughs> is there not part of you that that sees the you know all the headlines and all the and and Marv's uh, rant and the assumption that this could be the end of days for him and just thinks it would just be like football for them to somehow pull out a big result against United? But yeah, I mean, obviously the hope at Tannadice will be that that isn't the case. But it's a funny one because usually all the focus would be on on Dundee United and the pressure on them, but. Mm. Because of that kind of viral rant, if you like, that that Marv went on after the and he is a well known yeah because his media work and yeah. his career he's quite well known. Well, I saw one of the the red tops pick up some quotes from Chris Sutton talking about that. I mean, yeah. Chris Sutton talking about the Queen of the South yeah. manager. It's, uh, it's very uh, peculiar situation. It's the modern but, way, and it's it's intriguing because there there were pockets of things that were actually sounded like quite good points. Like yeah, yeah. in terms of, you know, modern day strength and conditioning and things, you sitting in a sedentary position for six hours playing the computer probably isn't good for you. Likewise if players are full time players and have been told not to do coaching on a Friday before the game, mm-hmm. then they shouldn't be contravening rules and going mm-hmm. to do that. But as George alludes to, it's just not the type of thing that I mean he was going through the goals to consider against Kelty Hearts in excruciating detail taking players down by name. Yeah. yeah. And players he signed as well. Yeah. Like, I always find quite, but I mean, Stephen. Well, young Kyle McClelland. Yeah. I mean, he was quite, he was, he was quite, um, he, he was keen to point out that he wasn't one of the players that he was kind of accusing of a, yeah. a lack of professionalism. But then, he after, after he'd slaughtered him for turning his he, back. Yeah, but he's, he, he slaughters him from turning his back yeah. and then says that we've worked on this in training and he's basically not yeah. picking it up. And you're going, that is, as George says, see when you're starting to do that, uh, I mean, it's a whole squad launched yeah. under the double decker, and it's <laughs> it's a very rarely that the manager isn't the one who, right, rightly or wrongly, pays the price when it starts yeah. to get to that yeah, stage. I so, always find it surprising because guys, guys of their age, almost every player when they speak about uh, 
looking back over their career at the end of their career, they say, oh, well, a big difference is you can't, I mean, can't really speak to players the way that we were spoken to mm -hmm. when I first started. But there's Stephen McLean did it, it's mm -hmm. Johnson. Yeah. And, uh, and now Marvin but thingy. I don't think, I mean, I don't think you, you certainly well. can't uh, speak to uh, players uh, the way you could speak to years ago. Uh -huh. um, because they'll have you up in a tribunal, but you can still criticise them, I think. And I think Alan's right, but when it comes to the point, the way, you know, Martin Bartley was, was criticising that Queen of the South team, how does he get a turn out? Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's the big problem, you know, cause, because you'll actually, you know, you'll have a, a lot of these players now against him, you know, yeah. a, a group in the change room. So how do they go out and put a turn on in, in a Scottish Cup tie against Dundee United? My big fear for Dundee United is I always think, bad runs have to come to an end sometime, yeah. Tam. And this is an opportunity. Will Queen's players take that on board and realise, well, yeah, this is, a, this is a massive game for us here. Yeah. You know, personally, go to go and show that we're good enough to sort of be part of this Queen of the South team, but maybe even pull even higher up, up, the, up the leagues. Um, and that's what worries me, certainly for Dundee United. But I mean... I mean, if you're a Dundee United, it's a response, by response from the that's well. That's only if they choose to stop. Yeah, it's a response from the team that Jim Goodwin will be looking for. And what I would say, the, the Scottish Cup, I mean, Dundee United in their, in their relatively recent past have been finalists, semi-finalists, won this trophy. It is huge for Dundee United. Did you see the pain huge. next on his yeah. face as a Dundee <laughs> fan when he said that? It is huge for Dundee United to get, obviously, to bounce back, but to stay in this competition. But you've got to remember, it's a one-off game down there on Saturday. Mm -hmm. You don't get any replays, so you've got to get the goals that are going to win the game or it will end up the lottery of penalty kicks, and you certainly don't want to be going down that route at Palmerston. I think it's a, a really important game for Dundee United because I'm, I wouldn't nurse any hopes of, of getting to the final or anything, although Inverness showed stranger things have happened last season. But just for the fact that it's going to be a long season now. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're out the Trust Trophy. They got knocked out of the League Cup long ago, obviously, and uh, which has reached its final stage anyway. But it's a long rest of the season. If you've just got the grind of championship football, yeah. you want to have those little breaks. You want to be able to dare to dream that it might be something beyond the slog of a second tier season because ironically especially when you're a few points ahead at the top yes. because there's that period sort of between January and promotion getting close yeah where it's it is it's a grind isn't it yeah and, and that is the word it becomes a grind like you know this is a a, a wonderful job but you know like you know yourself you've done enough of these periods of the season uh, where you've spoken to every player three mm. times you've written about the the characters and the characteristics and the attributes of the team a million times there's a familiarity breeding the players will feel that as well you know there's you need to keep it fresh you need to have things to look forward to and yeah, to, to, to give the listeners an insight, there, there is when when you've got a team that's obviously heading for promotion, and you're doing games in February, March, maybe even in early April. The after match interviews are like, all right, I, I, <laughs> okay, yeah, I, that was good, Ed. Yeah, just have to keep it going. Okay, I, and it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare to write. It's a nightmare for the players to do, isn't it? Robbie Nielsen was particularly bad for that in the Hearts season. They were about twenty-five yeah. points ahead with a handful of games left, and he still wasn't acknowledging yes. that the league was won. He was uh -huh. absolutely determined not to <laughs> not to give you a line on that. He's like, but we're not giving Rangers anything to pin up on yeah. the wall, even though we've got a twenty-point gap. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, yes, it, it's. It makes a cup run like a party weekend. One hundred percent. It just, as I say, it gives. It gives the season, however unlikely it might be in the fullness of time, it gives the season this sort of haze of 
God, you never know. You just mm. never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and likewise, I think Dundee United fans, there's all the they're having natural conversations which are along the lines of when they're unbeaten in the championship. I wonder how we would have done in the Premiership with this team. I wonder yeah. if we yeah. maybe would have survived if we had this team. So it gives them a wee marker. How you know should United go up? How much work will need done? How much will they need to strengthen um, if they do go up? And I think they would love a crack at uh, a couple of Premiership opponents this season just to see how they're they're sort of shaping up under Jim Goodwin. Um, but however. You need to get past Queen of the South before you get the chance to yeah. do that. The other thing is, too, after last week's result, another unexpected defeat would make it a bad run, yeah. wouldn't it? And then it becomes then it becomes a mini crisis. That's we're, we're sitting here going, it's it's a blip, you know, and, and you just you just get back on the bus sort of thing. But you're right. If, if they do, and, and let's hope it does, it's not the case, and I don't think it will be the case. But if it is the case, then the wheels start turning. And not only in, in, in United's fans' heads and, and maybe in the managers thinking, well, what's happening here? Have I got a real problem? But it also gives other teams in that yeah. championship, wait a minute, mm-hmm. are Dungeon yeah. so yeah. invincible as, as we was thought a, they were. Last yeah. week, was it, as well as Falkirk yeah. played, it was a game of mistakes. It, yeah. was, it was an unexpected defeat. So if you, you don't want two no. uh, you know, upsets in a row because then it gives everybody else heart. You never want to show a, show a, a soft underbelly to them. You want to you want to make sure that after Saturday, then everybody's turning around and going, "Well, that Falkirk game was a blip. Yeah, it just bounced right back there with a good result, a result on plastic, and then we we'll go again in the league." And I, I think, five well, I'm, I'm away from it. home against anybody is mean, a great result. George. I take it uh, the, the cup draw is a cup draw this weekend. A Sunday night, I believe. Yeah, and that's the Premier League team. George calling. isn't looking that far ahead. ahead. No, I've not brought myself <laughs> to even find out. <laughs> Dundee will be coming into it. <laughs> George might be able to tell you when the third round next, se- next <laughs> season is. But I mean, Second round might be for us. There, I mean, there is that thing because of the, the, the errors that were made last Friday. It doesn't really matter who they're playing. The, the, their first focus has just got to get, their, get back to doing things the right yeah. way. Well, I, sorry, I think what you might see, yeah. certainly from United, from the off or on Saturday... You're not going to see too much passing across the back four initially, mm-hmm. no. until they get you know maybe a foothold in the game, get their noses in front. Then well, you can you can start to sell. But first and foremost, let's keep it simple. Let's not give ourselves put ourselves under any pressure, undue pressure, by giving the ball away needlessly. And there there is a, you know Queens are, are are struggling so badly. There's a case to say let's get right at Queen of the South. Let's get the ball into their box. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I've not seen any of the games Queen of the South have been involved in, but. Given, given away there goals must be, yeah, easily, and, and when teams yeah. are when teams are losing goals, simple goals. If it's just crosses into the box, if it's keepers making mistakes, if it's defenders, put them put them under pressure. Yeah. Don't make a hundred passes in your own half and allow them to watch you doing it and go it's nowhere t- with the ball. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at you know they're hopeful. Gallagher and Doherty could return. You've got Mo, you've got Hope. They all they're, they're all guys experienced playing these type of Scottish Cup ties. Where you're thinking the first fifteen minutes. Make sure you do every opportunity you get to put the ball in their yeah. half and make them, even if you, you're giving the opposition the ball, make them start playing from near their own goal and you're giving them a challenge, trying and to get on top of them. United have been at their best this season when they've been direct, they've got the ball wide and they've got the ball into the box. There's no player in the SPFL with more assists than Glenn Middleton, it tells a 
a story in itself. We've discussed uh, at length uh, how prolific high Fotheringham's been for wide areas. That's where the danger comes from. And against Falkirk, how many times did Matthew Cujo or, uh, or Glenn Middleton put in a cross? I could maybe count it on one hand. And that's not been the case for the majority of this season. So I would expect that Dundee United to... First of all, be sensible, have control of the middle of the park, don't get caught in turnovers, and from that point, get the ball wide and get it into the box. Uh, it's not a game that probably calls for a, a great deal of overthinking. I wouldn't have thought Dundee United are a far better team than Queen of the South on current evidence, and just need to go out and not make the same daft errors that would give Queen of the South encouragement yeah. as they did against Falkirk. Just thinking this is becoming the pep possession is pants episode isn't it <laughs> get the ball in the other team's box and have a shot well I think that's all we've got time for this week did you just run out of gas there right? yeah. I did <laughs> we'll get producer Megan to that's cut out usual. that five second pause shall we just taking a deep breath in. <laughs> it's, it's my usual it's my usual bladder control issue at this advanced stage that I'm like, well, I, I don't I don't look at my watch anymore. I just when I start going when my legs start when my legs starts trembling, I'm like, oh it's it's time to go. Thanks for making me reveal the the secrets of my advancing years. I hate you all. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice, 